Welcome back to another episode of the Kaizen Collective Podcast, where we have one goal, and that's to make business fun again. And yes, that sounds like the Donald Trump slogan, which is just a piss take. We have no affiliation with Donald Trump, and nor do we know anything about American politics. The hats are on the way, though. We are getting hats made up. (laughs) So today we're going to be diving into a topic that is very personal to us. Um, Business partnerships is something that a lot of people have, but they don't know how to navigate this well. So I think this is a really good opportunity for us to kind of kick things off because it hasn't been the smoothest ride and I'm so thankful for it. To kick things off, let's talk about the differences between us. Yeah, we've got... We've got like literally contrasts. <laughs> I'm wearing black and white. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. This is metaphorical of this episode. And I'm so excited about it. What do you think? What are the differences between us? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lucky because over the last 10 years, I've been working with uh, understanding human behavior and psychology. And so it's been a beautiful opportunity for me to really test the knowledge and the skills that I've learned from it. I think that... Um, so you've been analysing me the whole time, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really fascinating that we do have major contrasts between the two of us. From a behavioural perspective, I've been studying that for the last 10 years and it's incredible to, to be able to understand what your behaviour is and what your pattern actually is. And we always talk about this. It's never the person, it's the behaviour. Mm. And we need to seek to understand each other. So from a behavior perspective, I'm incredibly big picture. I talk about the purpose. I talk about what is the outcome and that satisfies me well enough. However, for you, that doesn't matter until the details have been completed, right? So that's one one big difference between the two of us. Um, And I love polished, complete, execution of things and you've definitely pushed me to get things out Mm. even if it hasn't been completed because the production is what is going to create profitability yeah well i always vowed to never have a business partner because i just work (laughs) solo i just get things done and i don't like people getting in my way or slowing me down and that's just how i've always been so for me to like go on that path of like exploring having a business partner yeah and the early days were tough for us because we were so different. We we're chalk and cheese. Like you said, we were black and white. But, you know, I didn't know how to do things. And it's been the best yeah. learning curve. So that's why we wanted to do this podcast today to explain that you can get through the other side. 100%. Most partnerships do fail based on stats. But I think the biggest thing is not that people are different. They just don't know how to communicate the differences, how to speak transparently. And then how to understand each other's love languages so they can both work in unison. Like we've realized so quickly, well, not quickly, but we've realized. I would say that three years is actually pretty fast. Yeah. And we've realized that our opposites are strengths. The fact that you, what you do well are things that I can't do or won't do. And what I do well (laughs) is probably the same. You just 
don't like doing those. Correct. And even the things we can't do well ourselves, we hire people to do those things because if we could do everything, we wouldn't need each other. 100%. But we go further together. Yeah. So in this podcast, we're going to be talking about the lessons that we've actually learned, um, the things that we've had to go through in order for us to get to where we are right now. And hopefully, you know, for those that are listening out there with business partners and having challenges with communicating and understanding each other, Hopefully you get a lot of nuggets from this conversation because we're just going to lay it out there, explain how to actually understand each other, how to respect each other and and be able to thrive off of the contrast as opposed to have conflict from the contrast, Mm. right? Which we've definitely had. But you mentioned love languages before and communication style. So let's... You did. I was was trying to give you some credit, but uh, (laughs) just the type of bloke I am. But you know more about love languages than I do. Can you first of all explain what they are and also how you can pick someone's love language so that you can actually work with them? And this goes for business partnerships, but probably partnerships in life. Yeah. I don't think about love languages as if it was from the book itself because the book has five specific love languages. There's words of affirmation, um, acts of service, gifts, um, quality time and physical touch right Mm. whereas for me with my nlp background um i actually look at it in the lens of our five main senses so if someone is highly visual auditory kinesthetic uh olfactory and gustatory um that's essentially the derivative of love languages basically what i'm trying to say here is that very quickly i realized that you were you are highly auditory digital, which is essentially someone who operates from an almost robotic way of interpreting data. That is your language. Yeah. Langu- data is your language. And in order for me to be able to communicate that to you, I need to make sure that I present it in a format that makes sense to you. Mm. So um, within a year or two, I was able to go, okay, this is what I want. And because of the data that I've found, this is what's going to work for us. And that's kind of what makes sense. Yeah. Right. And then interestingly enough, psychologically, most people that are auditory digital are also highly kinesthetic underneath that. Mm. Right. So by presenting the data, by presenting the information, and then also then talking to the kinesthetic, to the emotion, and also, um, you know, being able to have that physical presence within each other i think that really makes a difference um to our partnership yeah because even listening to you talk about that then it was quite fascinating but also there's not a chance in hell that i'm going to go and research that because to me i can understand how smart you are but there's absolutely no bone in my body that wants me to go and learn that because if it's not a kpi i don't care If it's not something that you can put into a spreadsheet. <laughs> if it isn't written in either text or a spreadsheet, it's probably not for me. If you can't create an equal sum. Yeah, if there's not a formula <laughs> that I can create for that, you've lost me. Oh, I love it. But it, it sounded cool though. Yeah, that's those, those are the things that I'm obsessed about because I think that for me, a big, a big reason why I got into psychology is because I want people to know that they matter Mm. right and so i will do whatever it takes for me to be able to understand you because that to me means that i'm respecting you as a person and i'm going to step into your world in order for me to understand you and communicate with you so that i can then lead the conversation when i want to yeah right um 
And on the flip side of that, I'm highly kinesthetic and auditory. So, you know, it's already two very different types of behaviors. I need to have the conversation. And on top of that, I need to have space to think. Whereas for you, you think through execution. Yeah. Right. So there were contrast moments in there where we just didn't even actually communicate what our styles were. And I think that the tipping point, you know, there were many friction points there um, where we almost kind of like threw in the towel. But with how stubborn we both are. Yeah. We actually didn't want to give up on each other because we didn't want to. Didn't want like, to do the thing. We, we didn't want to say that we were the person that gave up. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of people come unstuck. So there was a lot of times we did come close to calling it quits. I probably haven't told you this yet, but in my head, and I'm sure you were quite aware of those, um, where, and you might be listening to this thinking like you've got a business partner and, yeah. and you might not be able to understand them. You might think that you do more work than they do they probably think in the exact same thing that they do more work than you. And it's probably yes. just different work. And 100%. for us, if we never talked about it, which we do like quite often now, yes. then we probably would have split and it wouldn't have benefited anyone because my style of working, you've probably saved more clients than I have because like I just do me mm. and I'm quite stubborn in the sense that I'm like, I understand those things that you're talking about the love languages yes but also i'm not willing to go and learn them and you sort of like come in and clean up the mess and be like oh he sort of meant this and it's just like you've probably saved a lot of relationships and it's like there's probably businesses out there that if two people are the same then they're missing a massive chunk it wouldn't work it just wouldn't work because i think that um that would just be in complete competition with each other as opposed to complementary right and we've seen that so many times yeah so it, it, it makes a lot of sense and <clears throat> on the flip side of that as well i would say that i the the masculine aspect of business i learned a lot from you when i when we first started out, i was like he's lacking this and da, 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 and like he's not connecting enough but that's not your job mm. that wasn't your responsibility and when i came to the realization that the reason why I'm here is to do that so yeah. that he can do this and have that conversation. That's where kind of like we really grew because we both knew our roles and responsibilities, not just from like a KPI perspective, but the energy that we have to bring into the business. And I think that that's really powerful of us to, and mature of us to actually mm -hmm. learn that and realize that. Yeah. And it hasn't been all doom and gloom. Um, mm. we've obviously taken steps to understand each other. Um, what are some of these strategies, tools or conversations that have helped us improve our partnership? Because I think that's probably what, if people are listening to this, they're probably wanting the strategies to be able to take back to their business partner and implement yep. so that they can have what we're sort of, what we have. Yeah. So at its very core, human beings have got two major values. You can call it masculine and feminine or you can call it uh, power and love, mm. right? And everything else underneath that is kind of just a derivative, right? There's internal, external, masculine, feminine kind of thing. Anyway, what people need to realize is that successful businesses actually have both energies, whether it's from one person mm. or both, because one person can go back and forth depending on that energy. It just works with two people because you you focus on the power. I focus on the love and we actually learn from each other. So essentially what I'm trying to say is that understanding that both need to exist 
is a great starting point so that you can go, well, who fulfills what in that business? And when you realize who fulfills what, then you can then go, well, what are the strategies that we need to implement that we need to do and what the actions that we need to do to fulfill that? So that's essentially the roles and responsibilities at kind of like a meta level. And just I realized then is when, and people are probably guilty of this as well, when you first get into a relationship, you probably start looking for things the other person isn't doing. Mm-hmm. And we might've been guilty of this is like, why isn't he taking action when things aren't perfect? And he's always taking so long to get things done because he wants them to be perfect. Yeah. X, Y, Z, and looking for things that they're not doing. Correct. But when you should be self-reflecting, putting the mirror to your face and saying, actually, where are the things that I'm lacking that he's making up for me? Yeah, 100%. And, and I've had many nights where I've actually gone, hang on, why, why am I so triggered? And what is it that I'm not doing which, allow, which makes me so triggered mm. from this? So I just sit there in silence, which is my reflection strategy, my way of being able to interpret the data and to figure it out, like to sit there and go, okay, what, what am I actually not doing to feel this feeling and then how can I actually change this? Because one thing that I realize is that no one, the truth is, is that no one can make you feel something. You choose to feel that no matter how hard it is, you choose to feel that and then sit and ruminate in that. So at the start, it was like, it was triggering, but I was like, holy shit, thank you for opening up these wounds that I could have easily ignored mm. and never really grew. Yeah. And probably a lot of people aren't willing to reflect on that. So the, the number one strategy would be to be open to reflection. Yes. Um, that's one thing I think my partner tells me a lot. Asha yeah. always says that well, I just do me a lot without thinking about other people's feelings yeah. in the moment. Because I'm like, I know that if this gets done, then we will all win. And I sort of Mm. take that on me and I probably don't communicate that at the time. Mm. But I'm one that always goes back and reflects and then comes back to you and apologizes and says, hey man, I realized my actions before probably weren't in alignment with like making you feel good at that time. And I do apologize for that. And you're always like, yeah, sweet. Yeah, and I literally go... Damn it, I can't be mad. <laughs> I can't be mad. It's either. generally at like 9 p.m. when you are in bed and you've actually like reflected on the rest of the yeah. day and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> because I am just go, go, go. And I'm like, in my head, I think I've got the right strategy. So I'm just going to pull the trigger and do it and I'll deal with the consequences later. And like, it sort of worked for me. So I'm like, if I'm on your team, then I'm willing to back that. Yeah. Uh, and that confidence is obviously works in my favor most of the time and obviously to the detriment sometimes. But yeah. it's like, I'm willing to own that situation and I'm willing to accept it. So the key thing here is being transparent, being able to reflect and I think actively asking each other how we made each other feel was a big learning curve for us. The other thing as well is that we talk about this with our clients a lot. Offense happens when there is a a length of time from the event Mm. and the feedback. And so instead of sitting there and resenting and actually not talking about it uh, for a while, that's where it becomes offensive. But if it happens on the day, you want to talk about it then Mm. and there, obviously at the appropriate time, right? I'm not going to interrupt you and be like, hey, Brando, you like really pissed me off while you're in the middle of a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. But 
the sooner you can actually provide that feedback and the more level-headed you are, the better it's going to be. And I think that what works really well for us is the fact that we've got distance between each other. So I've got to sit there and actually really think about what I want to say and send it in Slack. Yeah, because we are in different states most of the time. Like this yeah. is the first time I've caught up for a while. I work in Sydney, you work in Brisbane. So a lot of our communication is done through Slack or text, which obviously you can't show tonality, you can't show body language, you can't really convey empathy, which we've learned to do pretty well, but it's been a massive challenge for us. Yeah. But probably also a bit of a savior to sometimes because you can't snap at each other. Snap at each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just going to pause and I'm going to slow my typing down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so moving forward, um, I think defining our roles and understanding each other's uh, ability and strengths was a massive game changer for us. It brought clarity to our partnership. What benefits do you think we've had from defining those responsibilities? And what do you think your strengths are? I'd, I'd probably say that there's like your strengths are a little arbitrary, right? I want to define the, my capabilities into four different segments. There's things that I'm bad at, hmm. things that I'm good at, things that I'm excellent at. And then there's my genius zone. Right. And I like, as business owners, we really want to work towards focusing all of our energy and time in our genius zone. That being said, for me, I am obsessed with client delivery mm. and building relationships within the business. Um, we have conversations about why do the clients love you so much? It's like, well, yeah, because I'm the mum. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, so client delivery, um, for some unknown reason, I really enjoy tech and, you know, automations. Mm. Um, so that's something that's really important for me. And I like to help people figure that out and put that together. Um, marketing for our clients, networking and just and just connecting. And I'm really stoked that there's so many aspects that I'm not good at that you complement really well so i would love to know what you believe you're really good at i think the thing that i've sort of naturally gone towards has been creating those systems and operations for clients because that's my soft spot is i think that if i can offer that to clients then they won't have to go through the pain that i went through yeah. so that's my love language is almost like giving them that and i probably don't communicate that to them it's like here here's your problem i've got a solution for it go and do this like you know, very robotic in the sense, but deep down inside, I'm thinking, I've got the solution for you, just do this because I know it's going to work. Yeah. And so there's a strength and a weakness in one go, but my strength is making sure there's always a solution for the problems that I had. Yeah. So that no one theoretically has to go through the same problem yeah. if they were willing to put it in. Now, you've obviously taught me over the time how to communicate that to them in a way that they're actually going to take it on board. Mm. But the other things that I do for us is obviously cleaning up the back end, like, you know, uh, come up with, you come up with the systems and automations and the tech. And then I go through and make sure that I systemize them so that we can repeat them in future. Because one of my biggest goals is to make sure that if we're going to do it once, then make sure we write it down so that someone else can eventually do it for us. Mm -hmm. So I try and offload a lot of our work by creating a system and operation for us. For sure. And then obviously the networking side of things from having the gyms for the last 10 years, from being in the industry and, and being around people that are probably going to eventually sign up to Kaizen. It, it's so fascinating how well you've done it, that it's so normal for you, that I always have to catch you going, 
you need to frame that in such a way that people understand how hard you've worked for it because you just kind of like brush it off with all of the tips and the knowledge that you give people. Yeah. that they, a spreadsheet they don't... I've spent 20 hours building that you can just have for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because they haven't really experienced the, the challenges and you, you didn't have the ability to kind of like share it because you're like, no, no, I just did this, just go follow it. You know, that's, that's something that was really helpful for us. Let's just kind of summarize the conversation that we've had. So before we wrap up, um, I think some key takeaways here is that we really need to, if you've got a business partner, um, you want to be able to understand their communication style, their, their love language or whatever their strategies are so that you can then also share your way of doing things. So understanding communication and more, uh, most importantly, defining the roles, knowing what success actually looks like. Um, so that's important. What else? Identifying your weaknesses, and being able to be vulnerable enough to actually share those weaknesses. It was so difficult um, for me when we first started out to explain the things that I couldn't do because I was afraid that you were going to judge me, you know. But it was so it's, it's so powerful when we actually share that with each other um, and have that vulnerability. And, and more importantly, constantly check in and have time outside of talking about business Mm. you know have a few drinks go out there have fun and share this journey so that it's not serious all the time make business fun again thank you for tuning into this episode of the kaizen collective podcast where we do make business fun again as always don't forget to subscribe rate and review if you found this podcast helpful you can reach out to us through our website or through our social media. That's generally where you'll find us most. And stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to be taking you through how to deal with shitty staff. See you next time.